Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. All right, one more keyword coming. You could win some cash. It's our inflation bonus money. Uh, you'll hear that word around 520. And listen carefully for John Cobelt's instructions because, uh-uh-uh, Last hour, somebody texted the word to the John and Ken email. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, that's a loser. Canceled, deleted, out. That is, that, is. that is not the place to send the word. Listen to John Cobelt. We now are going to talk to uh, Nathan Hockman. He's the Republican candidate for attorney general. He's coming on in just a minute. Um, here's his background. Um, he served as assistant U.S. attorney, Central District of California, and uh, U.S. Assistant Attorney General for the Department of Justice. He's also been a civil litigator, a defense attorney, an appellate attorney, a general counsel. He clerked for a district court judge and uh, served as president of the L.A. City Ethics Commission. The Ethics Commission? Yes. Yeah, so uh, apparently he held a press conference today with Sheriff Villanueva to talk about Kevin DeLeon and Rob Bonta. Now, Rob Bonta is his opponent. So, um, and I guess the fact that they're promoting this, that he was the former president of the Los Angeles City Ethics Commission, there's something that uh, they're trying to get to there in the connection between Bonta and De Leon. And, of course, the news today on De Leon is that uh, Bonin uh, doesn't care about his dopey apology and his healing. You still have to quit. <laughs> and apparently De Leon is still not quitting. As far as we know. Yeah. Now, remember, Bonta, neither is Cedillo, but Cedillo's done in December. Bonta is the incumbent, but he's never been elected attorney general. He was appointed by Gavin Newsom. Yes. After uh, Kamala Harris went on to become vice president. So let's get uh, Nathan Hockman on running for attorney general. Nathan, how are you? Great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Sure. What was this event about today where you and uh, Sheriff Ian Waver were discussing Kevin DeLeon and Rob Bonta? What was the point there? So here's the point. Uh, basically what happened is I've come out strongly saying that Kevin DeLeon, Gil Cedillo, and Yuri Martinez should immediately resign. But I was always curious why Rob Bonta 
uh, didn't also advocate that they that Kevin DeLeon in particular resign. I mean, he, he made a big public press conference about how the attorney general's office is coming into L.A. City Council to investigate redistricting. But why didn't he say for DeLeon to resign? I found out the answer. Turns out in June, June 19, 2021, Kevin DeLeon gave Rob Bonta for his attorney general campaign $2,500. The same day he gave Rob Bonta's wife, Mia Bonta, who's running for the, who ran for his assembly seat, $2,000. This is about as raging a conflict of interest as you can have that is undisclosed by Rob Bonta, supposedly the attorney general of California. So they're buddies. They've got some kind of relationship. If you're given that much money, that's a lot of money to give away in a political campaign. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're buddies. And this is either an actual or, or a, a apparent conflict of interest. And this is the conflict of interest 101 in law school. You immediately recuse yourself from the case. And Rob Bonta, because he, he hasn't had any public debates, he's turned them all down because he has no... He has no he has a low level of ethics, to say the least. He decided to insert himself into this race with this raging conflict of interest, undisclosed, and now it's finally come out. And it's very typical for the way Rob Bonta has handled himself over the last year as the attorney general. If he's not willing to ask for DeLeon's uh, resignation, it's hard to see him uh, prosecuting DeLeon if DeLeon did something illegal in that redistricting meeting or in any other meeting that Bonta would end up investigating. And that's exactly why you recuse yourself from, from, the, from the investigation, why you reveal your conflict of interest, so that you stay to the side of it. For instance, Sher Villanueva, when he was investigating Sheila Kuehl, because he knows that there's been some uh, political back and forth between the two of them, he recused himself from the Sheila Kuehl case. By the way, Rob Bonza came in and took that case away because he and accused Sheriff Villanueva of having a conflict of interest. And Rob Bonza turns around, enters a case against Kevin DeLeon involving Kevin DeLeon, doesn't disclose his raging conflict of interest uh, until I actually brought it out today when I discovered it myself. Let's let's move on to the attorney general's race. Uh so Bont has been uh, in office uh, not even two years, and he's appointed, not elected. Um, what what would I, it's hard for me to get a grasp on what he's done positively because the state is being racked by by crime and homelessness. This is not a fun state to live in right now, and it seems like the attorney general's office would be a place where a strong leader would make a difference. What's your assessment of his tenure? So my assessment is that Rob Bonta, as the attorney general, continued where he left off as Rob Bonta state assemblyman. Rob Bonta was the author of the no cash bail bill that eventually a proposition overturned that he is now trying to institute through George Gascon and all the other DAs in Los Angeles, in California. And the essence of that is you get arrested in the morning for a crime. Uh, you, have, you don't post any bail. You're out by the afternoon and you say, to the officers, when you get arrested, I'll see you tomorrow. That is what Rob Bonta has brought, the most pro-criminal agenda in California history. He's a complete supporter and endorser of George Gaston. And so every time George Gaston takes an action that imperils our safety and security, the California Attorney General can come into that case, remove Gaston, put in a California Attorney General 
uh, lawyer, and there's 4,000 of them, and take over the case. Fonta has never done that in one time with Gaston, but he's willing to do it with Sheriff Villanueva, who's endorsed me. This is about as he's about as good a he's a politician who has no law enforcement experience, literally none, compared to my 30 years, trying to be the chief law enforcement officer of the state. So it's not a shock that he has brought in, un, you know, insecurity that, it, that crime has risen in all different fashions while he's been our attorney general. So you take over. What do you change about uh, compared to what Bonta is doing? So I would do two or three things immediately. One, it's sort of the 10,000-foot level, which I, I would let the police officers across this state know that I have their back. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to go after police officers across the line, but the overwhelming majority of these police officers, these are the guys that run into the bullets when they're being fired rather than run away. They're doing their job, and they're doing it very well. And they would know now that the attorney general has their back. I would look for funding for police departments. But I would ensure that all crimes have proportionate consequences. So if you're a fentanyl dealer, I would treat you as a fentanyl murderer because you are murdering Californians every day. And I would have no I wouldn't even play around with the idea that you're a drug dealer because fentanyl is about murdering someone, not about getting them high. So I would go after the fentanyl murderers. I would go after the, the people who are now just stealing just under nine hundred and fifty dollars by making the second or third time you do it within 180 days of felony. We would bring back quality of life to Californians, their safety and security. We would go after the homeless situation by tackling the substance abuse part of it as well as the serious mental illness and making sure that judges have the ability to order mandatory substance abuse treatment for those who suffer from that ailment. These are the type of situations and, and, and solutions that you can bring on day one. Rob Bonta is all about creating problems. Nathan Hockman will be all about creating the solutions to that. You know, this this uh, this fentanyl thing is is really getting out of control. We just had a story about a two-year-old in Northern California that overdosed. The, the parents had, had fentanyl and other drugs all over their trailer, and they, they had to bring him in. And, you know, I know somebody whose kid overdosed on fentanyl took a, a pill from a friend and it seems there's no urgency there's no interest on the part of anybody in politics or law enforcement to do anything effective i mean that we're talking about tens of thousands of deaths this year more deaths for people 18 to 45 than covid absolutely and again rob bonta had the chance to endorse a bill which i endorsed and i went i went up with the, the parents who had lost sons and daughters to fentanyl poisoning. We went to Sacramento and we advocated a bill that would basically say that if you engage in fentanyl and you get convicted, you get read an advisory that says if you do it again, we're going to charge you with murder. And the idea is you, you want to stop a first-time fentanyl dealer from becoming a second-time fentanyl dealer. Rob Bonta was missing in action, stayed completely silent, and that bill failed. And again, it's common sense. If you go ahead and you treat them as murderers and you let them know that you're going to go after them for murders, then they're going to either choose a different state or a different drug to deal with. But this drug is all about death. Four out of ten of those fake millions of pills that are coming into California, four out of ten of them have a lethal dose of fentanyl, according to the DEA. If you don't know someone right now, if your listeners don't know someone right now, 
who suffered the tragedy of fentanyl poisoning, guaranteed within the next two or three years, you absolutely will. What effect could, if you became attorney general, would you have on Gascon? It, it, you'd have to just pick and choose a, an egregious case to remove him and, and insert a, a, a state attorney general lawyer, as you mentioned, or is there something even bigger that you can do to neutralize him? I don't know what the power is. Of There's the something. So the power of the attorney general comes from the California Constitution. You're the chief law enforcement officer, and it actually says in the Constitution you have an obligation to go and replace a district attorney who you believe is not doing his job. Now, when people say, well, you're not going to take over the whole L.A. docket, here's what I tell people. There was a vote by the 800 deputy district attorneys who worked for Gaston on how many supported his recall. The answer, 97.8%. So all I need to do is remove the political impediment that is George Gaston to allow 97.8% of over 800 lawyers to actually do their job and bring justice to the people of Los Angeles. That would be the power that Nathan Hockman as attorney general has, that Rob Bonta as his buddy would never exercise. So come January 3rd, if I get elected on November 8th, January 3rd, I am in Los Angeles. I will exercise that power. I will remove George Gaston from every case in which he refuses to do his job. And I'll, I'll appear on your, t- on your radio show that week and tell you about exactly what I've done. Well, I Nathan, hope, I hope yeah. that happens. Uh, yeah. Thank we you. Appreciate talking to you on our voter guide for attorney general. Thanks for coming on. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me on. And again, I want everyone to vote November 8th, Attorney General Nathan Hoffman. Thank you very much. All right, we got more coming up. Next is the keyword you'll need to possibly win the inflation bonus cash. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, so the word just came down that uh, the jury in the case of James Heaps, he was a long time, like 35 years at UCLA, a gynecologist and an oncologist. He was charged with 21 felony counts dealing with his examinations of women over the years. They focused on 2013 to 2017, uh, probably because of the statute of limitations and people's memories and stuff like that. A lot of women came forward eventually claiming that they felt that they were sexually assaulted by heaps under the guise of an examination of some kind. And but they brought the case with a number of women. 21 felonies, so this jury really split things up. They found him guilty of three counts of sexual battery by fraud, two counts of sexual penetration of an unconscious person. However, not guilty on seven other counts, and then the judge said they were hung up on nine counts. He threw them out. So I don't know what he faces in terms of prison for the three counts he was found guilty of. To give you an idea of what the jury heard, because a lot of people don't really understand, you know, the, the nature of these claims. One patient testified that she went to see Heaps because she feared she had stage four cancer. She said she felt as though she was in a strip show or a porno movie. He told her to bend over and touched her all over without gloves or a chaperone present. Oh, Another woman who survived triple negative breast cancer told jurors she was undergoing aggressive cancer treatment when she saw heaps and explaining how certain incisions would work for removing her ovaries and fallopian tubes because she had some certain gene. 
he told her that she could still wear skimpy bikinis. And then he rubbed her... Uh, her private area. Unlike any other doctor had, she said. She reported him to UCLA just 10 days after her 2014 exam. <laughs> and UCLA did nothing. You... No, he stayed there. I think this came to light in 2017, was it? Yeah, these charges uh, range from 2013 to 2017. Uh, there was another woman who said that during a June, 7, June 2017 return office visit, he groped her breast and buttocks in a way that had no medical purpose. Now, what's strange about this is sort of the defense attorney says you either got to believe all these stories or none of them. Either he was a sexual deviant or he was a doctor just doing what a doctor well, does to examine a looks patient. Looks like they did the opposite. They believed some, not others. That, that's or, exactly right. Or they felt there wasn't enough evidence for, for some of these. It, it was seven victims, seven people in total in this criminal case. State investigation showed that UCLA ignored multiple detailed complaints of abuse over decades. A UC report found that UCLA failed repeatedly to adequately investigate the allegations, and they led them back in practice in 2018 to find new victims. Yeah, eventually he was told in 2018, June, that he, his contract would not be renewed and uh, UCLA finally ended his employment, notified the police of the allegations. And you may wonder why. It's because he used to bring in a lot of donation money. That's why. So, uh, also because he was, uh, I think, research money, too. He was a yeah. very well-known oncologist yeah. and uh, gynecologist. Yeah, and, uh, this, this goes on at universities all over the place, especially at UCA, UCLA and at USC and elsewhere, is if you bring in money, whether it's research grants or you get... Uh, uh, wealthy donors, you got an, you got some kind of connection. They will literally overlook you raping your college patients. You know this even, even if you did it by the hundreds. They paid three hundred and seventy four point four million in settlements covering three hundred and twelve former patients who sued. That's on top of two hundred and forty three point six million for more than two hundred women's lawsuits and another seventy three million. Wow. Involving more than 5,000 patients dating to 1983. These settlements uh, exceed the payouts by Michigan State. I think that was the Larry Nasser, And even the Penn State uh, that, uh, remember, Sandusky. Oh, the Sandusky case? Yeah. Yeah. However, USC did, did top it all with $1.1 paid out because of George Tyndall. So California leads again in uh, yeah. two yeah. big school payouts. Yeah. Great. Because they ignored this. And uh, we'll have to find out exactly what he faces in terms of prison time for the uh, conviction on several felony counts. All right. When we come back, we're going to go out into the garden and sit on the bench for a little bit of Bidenville. I got a little testy. We're getting near the midterm election, so he's being asked about how come nobody wants to campaign with you. Well, he beat up one reporter today. He really <laughs> just, yes. Uh, he also was asked about, you know, what's more important? Do you think abortion or inflation to voters right now? I got a little testy about that. And then he did a classic Joe where he referred to a woman who's not running for the U.S. Senate that would make a fine senator. Talk about all this. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Could be true. We'd like to formally welcome you to the rest home of old Joe. Thank you. Welcome to Bidenville, everyone. All men and women created by 
Go, you know the, you know the thing. There's a man on the moon, or whatever, you know, something, or you know, whether those aliens are here or not. I, I commuted for 36 years as pres vice president of the United States. A lot of the folks in Amtrak became my family. Not a joke. I was on the television. On television, I was on the telephone. And every time I hear hail to the chief, wonder where the hell is he? Turn around and where, where's, where's the president? What, what, I can't remember it. I was in the foot, him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping. For Secretary of Health and Education Service, I nominate Javier Bacaria. President Harris is a proud Howard alum. Let's go, Brandon, I agree. Yeah. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. Kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy. The guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was going to be here. And now, to give you a tour of Bidenville before your extended stay, here's John and Ken. It's just like always left hanging. It's funny. <laughs> Jackie? Jackie, are you here? I just, Jackie, you're supposed to be here. Anybody help me out? Hello, hello? Jackie? Somebody could have yelled out, she's dead! Move on! <laughs> and then that's when what everybody was on stage looking around, where do I go? That's what everybody was thinking, but uh, nobody nobody would say uh, it. Oh, wow. Well, we're well, here in Bidenville with some good audio. Yeah, uh, the because, president's gotten a little testy the yes, last day or so. We may be headed towards a terrible recession and nuclear war, and we have a president stumbling through... Uh, <laughs> Stumbling through campaign appearances, and every time a reporter's question hits his ear, he gets pissed. Now, we're going to begin. We're going to tell you this. A brand new poll came out this week, and uh, it was what's on the tops of voters' minds for the midterms. Inflation, 42%. Abortion, and they stuck it in there with things like equal pay, 14%. To pump up the number, that's why. Because abortion, I saw two polls, one of them Gallup. Two polls, abortion was at uh, 4%. So that's a nice little uh, left-wing media trick. Well, let, let's throw some other issues in there and try to uh, bulk up that number a bit. Uh, well, here's Fox News' Peter Ducey asking Biden, well, what is it? Inflation, abortion, here we go. Mr. President, you help us out just really quick. What is your top domestic priority? Is it inflation or is it abortion? Mr. President, are you going to tout this new law? Thank you, President. Are you going to tout this new law in Georgia, in Wisconsin, in Nevada, in Arizona? Are you going to be getting back this bipartisan infrastructure law? Thank you very much. Just hoping to clarify for midterm voters, top domestic issues, inflation or abortion. All important. Unlike you, there's no one thing. It crosses the board. Domestic Ask me about foreign policy, too. There's a multiple, multiple, multiple issues, and they're all important. And so, and we ought to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. You know that old expression? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The brought up an oldie but goodie, walk and chew gum at the same time. Well, look, you may have many issues as president, but right now people are really worked up over inflation. Do you think Biden could walk and chew gum at the same time? That's, uh, that might be a real test. I think we need the Heimlich. Uh, the next couple of clips, uh, I guess we got the aircraft noise in the background, so they're shorter. Uh, a reporter is asking him, because today apparently Biden went to Pennsylvania and he campaigned for somebody else with his own physical problems. John Fetterman, the Senate candidate. Uh, the guy who got the stroke, yeah. Yes. 
So uh, the reports have been for weeks now that there's not a lot of Democrats asking for Biden to come and campaign with them. In fact, I've seen Obama appearing more than, than Biden. So that's the nature of this question to Biden in this clip. John Fetterman's going to appear with you today yeah. in Pennsylvania, but there haven't been that many candidates campaigning with you. Why are that's more? That's not true. There's been 15. Count, kid, count. Okay, and are there going to be even more? Yeah. yeah. Count, kid, count. Count, kid, count. 15. He just rolled out a number. I don't know what. Is that since the beginning of this year? Or? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just a number. I don't know if it's testy. true. I don't know for what period of time that is. But you you have you have uh, like about 450 candidates uh, running for uh, House and Senate, not to mention the governors. So uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like much of a number. And here is another reporter back to the abortion issue, just asking, you know, the plain question, do you believe in any restrictions? Any restrictions on abortion yes. at all? Um, yes, there should be. What should they be? In Roe v. Wade. Read it, man. You'll get educated. No, I'm asking okay. Roe v. Wade. Read it, man. Read You'll get it, educated. Man. Oh, he's back Wade. to man. Read it, man. You'll get educated. No, when he was on the campaign trail in 2020, he did a lot of mans. Come on, man. Remember that guy was going to fight? Crazy old guy on the porch shouting at people walking by. Wow. Read it, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> why, why can't he have a normal discussion? Huh? <laughs> I mean, a normal person for the first question. When she Please, asked man, you'll get about, about how, you know, who have you campaigned with, he just could have reeled off a bunch of names or a bunch of states and, you know, I'm just going to go where I'm needed. If somebody calls, I'm there. You know, just get, do a lighthearted, positive uh, routine on that. Instead, he gets mad. Count, kid, count. And the same thing with the abortion thing. He goes, he goes look, uh, Roe versus Wade said. Read it, following man. The following, uh, here's the following parameters. And I, I go, what, what, what? what what, what, but you know what that is? That's that's the uh, Alzheimer's. That's the dementia. Very short-tempered when you get that stuff. This next clip, he is campaigning with John Fetterman, the Pennsylvania Democratic Senate nominee, as we mentioned, did have a stroke a few months back. Appearing with John Fetterman and Biden is John Fetterman's wife, Giselle. Uh, here's what happened. And, and, and John, thank you uh, very much for... Uh, for running, I really do appreciate it. And Zell, you're gonna, you're gonna be a great, uh, a great lady in the Senate. Mm. <laughs> well, I didn't know she was on the ballot. Maybe someday. <laughs> if, well, you just mean the whole couple goes to the Senate if, together. If her husband doesn't uh, make it, uh, you know, she may end up <laughs> replacing him. And uh, we have a bonus clip: Kamala Harris, John. I haven't oh, played her in a couple of weeks. Whatever happened to her? She, uh, the, what? She's being asked about the, oh, not that Inflation Reduction Act. Jesus. Oh, That's uh, uh, Let's see what we got here. What are some parts of the Inflation Reduction Act, this, this amazing new law that you are most excited about? So, I mean, so much. So I'm, I'm, one of the things that I'm very excited about is what we have been doing in terms of electric vehicles. Um, and... I have a particular fondness, I must tell you, for electric school buses. I love electric school buses. Wow. Wow. I really do. And we're manufacturing them in our country. I've been to the manufacturing plants. I've, I've been on these electric school buses. And think about it. Aside from the pandemic, on a daily basis, 25 million children in our country every day go to school. 
Really? <laughs> on those diesel-fueled school buses. No. And hundreds, thousands of school bus drivers are driving what? those buses. Oh, no. Which are then these people, these children, these adults, are inhaling what is toxic What are you air. inhaling? <laughs> wow. I love when she finds something she thinks she's that's fascinating. She just kind of repeats it. She's got like a shiny new toy in her hand. These people, (laughs) they're on buses. You have students riding buses, and then you have drivers riding buses. I see us all riding buses, electric buses. Oh, they're so cool. What? That is powerful stuff. What, what, What country? Eric, I don't know if you know this. What country makes the most powerful pot? Used to be powerful <laughs> pot. Yeah, Colombia, right? I was, be... I was actually going to say Northern California. Northern California is where the best stuff comes. Well, that's where uh, she's from. So maybe, maybe she. Wow, that's no. She sounds stoned. She's been to the plants that build these buses, but has she been to the border? <laughs> ah. No, no. It might be the only now, person I've ever heard in my life is excited about electric buses. That, that which probably in, can't go up hills anyway. That Inflation Reduction Act spends. There's hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars on all kinds of things. Oh, I know. But she didn't know what was in it. She had no idea. These people. (laughs) All right. That's one of the best. That's your president and vice president back to back. (laughs) We're in good hands. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. How does Putin not take advantage of this moment? I don't know if you heard this. What? We did highlight this story yesterday. Yes. Uh, remember the $1.7 million toilet, a single toilet they were going to build in a public sp- space in San Francisco? Yeah. The project has been canceled. Oh, no. There was so much criticism. Oh, no. Yes. There <laughs> I were... repeat, oh, no. <laughs> it was a $1.7 million single public toilet that was going to take two years to build. And... Uh, an assembly member named Matt Haney had planned a celebration today, yesterday actually, uh, to uh, to publicize the plan for the toilet. Um, and then everybody went crazy. He got the money in this year's state budget. This was going to be a state taxpayer-funded toilet in a, a hundred fifty square feet of space in the No Valley Town Square. It's a little public plaza. Supposedly very wow. charming. and uh, But when he saw that the city was going to spend $1.7 million um, and nobody could defend it, he canceled his 1230 press conference from the calendar, and they called everybody to say, party's over, we're not going to be celebrating, we're not going to do it. Um, he's sending a letter to the rec and park director of San Francisco demanding a full explanation how one little bathroom can cost as much as a single-family home and take more than two years to build. But you Yeah, know, that story went viral. That was really embarrassing. The thing is, he got the money in the budget, so he knew what it was going to cost. Did he not know it was going to be only for one toilet? He says, when Rec and Park first told us the number, it sounded shockingly high to me, and I think your article has revealed that their process is broken and the number is inexplicable. So he knew it was for one toilet, but he didn't question it. He didn't question it until everybody started making fun of him yesterday. That's just... That's... And that project's been around a while. Yeah. 
Um, but it, because it suddenly got dragged out into the light of day. I think the Chronicle did a story and Fox News did a story. Everybody who did that story because that's crazy. It's $1.7 million for a public toilet. They may now go with a prefabricated bathroom. Hmm. Um, also, um, they have other questionable projects. They have spent years trying to design and manufacture the world's most perfect trash can. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember that story. Yes, we did cover um, that one. Here's another one. In San Francisco, the director of human resources admitted this week it takes an average of 255 days to hire one city worker. <laughs> Here's another one. The San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency said it would take seven years to remove parking spaces from curbs in front of bus stops so that passengers in wheelchairs can move more easily and board the buses. Seven years. Seven years. Boy, that is really a busted city, isn't it? It might be more busted than L.A., which is completely busted. Uh, well, one of my favorite stories of the day concerns a hoarder. A hoarder. This actually occurred in my uh, native Long Island, a place called Miller Place. They went to the home, I guess, uh, well, uh, apparently there was a fire alarm that went off. So they went to the home and they found, it's a social worker, 300 creatures and 100,000 cockroaches. Oh, Jesus. Here's the tabulation. 118 birds, 100, 118 rabbits, 150 birds, seven tortoises, three snakes, and 15 cats, along with the 100,000 roaches. 100,000? I don't know. Who, who counted the roaches? Okay. The air was so noxious, no one could stay inside for long. They had to wear hazmat suits. I was going to say, what does that smell like? A 51-year-old woman who owns the home is a social worker who was seeing patients in the home. Somebody <laughs> tripped the fire alarm. The firefighters came, and they couldn't believe what they found. Neighbors called her Snow White for her love of animals. 100,000 cockroaches? That, I, I can't Whenever she found that. any kind of animal that was sick or needed a home, she just took it back to her place. She couldn't help it. That imagine was how her. much feces there was, how much uh, urine. Yeah, I mean, rabbits and birds are smaller, but still. Yeah, but that's, that's horrendous. That's what the cockroaches were probably uh, attracted to all the. Uh... Oh, that, oh that, yeah, that... exactly right. All oh. this food and all the stuff lying that's around. That's one of the sure. most disgusting things I've ever heard. 100,000 cockroaches. And she had patience. She brought clients in there. Ugh. Nobody questioned it. All right. Tim Conway's here. Thank you. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, Dean Sharp is coming on with us, the house whisperer. Uh, he's um, he's a uh, cool dude. He's on this uh, the station on weekends. He is? Oh, he's a great guy, man. If you, I don't know if you guys done any renovation in your house, but it's a pain in the ass. Hmm. <clears throat> we hired a guy. Well, we hired. We got screwed on ours, uh, but we hired a crew to come over to add uh, you know, a little space in our old house in Burbank. Hired a crew. They came over. Day two, I got a knock on the door from the neighbors. And they said, hey, one of the crew members you hired just broke into our house and stole everything. <laughs> nice. Isn't that great? That is great. Welcome to the neighborhood. Wonderful. Unbelievable. Um, but anyway, I know you guys were talking about crime earlier. Last night when I got home, there was an armed robbery a half a block from where I live in Burbank. And then today there was a guy shot three blocks from where I live. Yeah. And this is Burbank. 
Yeah. This no, is where, you know, the cops come to you quick. They step I, to you quick. I, there was, there was a house break in seven homes for me. Yeah, the Amazon guys? The Amazon guys. The, the fake yeah. Amazon the guys. Fake Amazon oh, yeah, guys, right. yeah. That, yeah. They just put Amazon decals on the side of a van. Yeah. So I, they could sit there all day and watch uh, everybody coming and going. We had a guy steal um, my wife's credit card, and I didn't report it because the guy that stole it was spending less than she was. <laughs> Da, 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 da. Thank you, man. Rod, Rodney Dangerfield, kids. Take my wife, please. Rodney Dangerfield, ding dong. Straight from 1974. Thank I you. I love it. Yeah. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio, season nine. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again and getting to the heart of our stories we're going places we've never gone before and we're bringing you along with us with new segments correspondence and a brand new sound season nine is kicking off with an intimate interview with grammy award-winning singer-songwriter natalia laforcade what's giving you hope right now well when i see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.